Looking for work? Better pay? Better work environment? We can help. Call Kelly Jobs today at 502-425-7131 to speak with a recruiter today. Score a better job with us. Call 502-425-7131 or visit kellyjobs.com. That's kellyjobs.com. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93 in the Ville. The phone lines, they are open for you all. We appreciate uh, you uh, bearing with us here. Let us uh, get Elliot in ahead of you. So if you were one of those who was in before, uh, since if we still have anybody, let me know. But uh, if you are. The lines uh, now, are open. Okay. So now's your chance to get in here. 8150-939-3831-939 for the UPS jobs text line. You can hit us up that way. Tyler, one thing I know as a uh, Ravens fan, this is not going to feel great for you, but I am enjoying. Cincinnati fans, I think, rightly, rightly internalizing the confidence that I think Joe Burrow gives you. Mm. Uh, and I've sort of made this this comment in various ways, various shows or around the office or whatever. But, like, if I was a player and Joe Burrow just, like, strolls into the huddle, I'd be like, we're going to win this game. Like, he just is – he does that. And I'm enjoying uh, Cincinnati fans referring to Kansas City as Burrowhead Stadium. I love that. I, I love it. I enjoy it. I think it is fun. Uh, I'm never going to say I don't because it, it makes all of this more enjoyable. I am going to say, though, I'd be a little careful. Just just a little bit. I I think it's going to be a great game. And I'm saying this in a – I know people are going to be like, oh, you're a Ravens fan if you pick the Chiefs because they're the division with the Bengals. And you know what? It's not what I'm doing here. I, I'm really not. Because I think Cincinnati – I tweeted this last week – you don't just do this in two years. Like this doesn't happen. You, they have skipped people in line. I think, namely the Bills that come to mind, and rapidly built a Super Bowl contender that just I think has surprised everybody. So that is just kind of unprecedented in some ways. However, Kansas City, I think Arrowhead is. Arguably, I would say it's the toughest place to play in the league. Place as loud as can be. It's packed every game. And they have the best player in football. The guy who I think should be the MVP. Bar none. He's earned it. Uh, There's a reason why we don't... Like, you see a lot of circles on the internet are like, who's the second best quarterback in the NFL? There's a reason for that because there's no reason to debate if Patrick Mahomes is the best one or not. Now, I get Cincinnati has has had the success in the past against the Chiefs, even on this stage. Some of that talk, though, is I think it's it might have 
the opposite effect on what's going to go on in Kansas City's locker room and like in terms of how it impacts their motivation and their confidence because they've been the top dog in this conference really for the past like five years. It's been, the, I mean, I understand Cincinnati beat them, but, but, but Kansas City has done this every single year with Mahomes and Reed. It is an expectation to get to the AFC Championship game now. Um, all that being said, I, I do think the Chiefs are going to win this weekend. I think it's going to be a great game. I'm not saying the trash talk or anything like that is going to end up being a difference. It's just more of the phrase, when you come at the king, you best not miss, kind of comes to mind from the wire. And Cincinnati's gotten them once. And I would take a similar approach or attitude into that this time. It's good to have confidence, but it's it's a scary proposition going into Arrowhead and playing that team on this stage. I, I think if I was a Kansas City fan, it's the least confident I would feel. Sure. Yep. Going into a home championship game in the in this iteration of the Chiefs as they are with like Mahomes forward, uh, you know, because this is five in a row. But like, I would think this would be the one you are least confident in, regardless of Mahomes' injury status. You know, I think a year ago Kansas City was just sort of flying by the seat of their pants, and it was just like they don't they don't even know enough. You got a super young coach, a gigantic group of players, almost none of which have played in any games like this at all. And they were almost not aware enough to, and it gave them kind of an immunity to the moment. But this year, it's just the opposite. I don't think it's possible that they could be overwhelmed or impressed or intimidated or anything, given what they've done over the past year. Yeah, uh, and change or so to they, they beat the Titans on the road. They beat the Bills on the road. They beat the Chiefs on the road. Like they, there's no environment or scale or caliber of game that's going to be a problem for these guys now. And they've won those games. Like they're going to take the field expecting to beat the Chiefs on on Sunday. Yeah, and I'm. A, I don't think they should have any reason to not do that. I, I think an advantage that I would say they have immediately is I think they have the better defense going into this game. I I do not think the Bengals defense gets enough love. Um, I'm not saying it's a dominant unit or a great unit, but it's a good one. And it's one that I think is underrated. Uh, It is a great one at one thing. Yeah. Pass rushing. Yeah, they do have a good pass rush. I would counter and say I think the Chiefs have the best defensive player in this game yeah. and that Chris yeah. Jones yeah. Uh, a guy who I covered some in college and probably one of my favorite dudes to interview period he's hilarious on a totally separate note but he's a hell of a player uh, as an interior there is nobody who who quite dominates the interior like him I guess you you know Aaron Donald we'll put that caveat out there but they the Chiefs have the best defensive player and the best offensive player in this game undoubtedly to me um, offensive I mean obviously a little bit more of a battle but I get the vibe from from KC that that coming into the season when I, I I have a lot of friends who live in KC and I worked outside of that market for a little bit and some people try to run with the uh, you know everybody tries to play a disrespect card at some point in, in, in a season. Oh, you, are you talking about like the kid who said people said uh, the Georgia kid who said people thought we were going to go seven and five? Yeah, 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 that? yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. and and like nobody's right. doubted the Chiefs with Mahomes at the helm. If anybody did, it was because oh Tyreek Hill's gone. What's going on? 
Right. You know, is he going to be able to Pre-season, do it? Preseason, there was a lot of Chargers love out there, but still, no one. That said, happens every preseason. I mean, there was no one that was saying they wouldn't make the playoffs. It was maybe, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. There was people saying they might not win the division this year, yeah, which yeah, yeah. that might be the slight. Like we're disrespected right. here. That's about it. Right, but you have watched what, like the stability they have built and the success that they have built. The only comparison, and I'm not doing this in to to try and use some hyperbole. The only relevant comparison is what New England accomplished. With yeah. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, it's at, and it's fitting because they dethrow. I mean, that was like a passing of the torch type of thing that happened. Um, actually, the first I was at the first AFC Championship game they made with Mahomes and Reed when they lost when D Ford was called offsides in that game. Like you, you absolutely could have made the argument they should have beaten them in that game, and Kansas City absolutely could have won the Super Bowl that year. So, look, Cincinnati absolutely has the right to be confident they have the win in this stage against this opponent i do like what zach taylor said i think somebody and i don't know if this was this week or maybe last week somebody asked him about beating the chiefs four times in a row they've done it three he's like we're not we're not trying to beat them four times in a row we're trying to beat them one time in a row that's a great quote that's a great approach um but but the locker room confidence battle with some of these quotes that gain steam is always fascinating to see uh what's the spread I, i haven't even checked it it has just hovered around like a point, point and a half in both really? directions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So essentially yeah. like a pick em, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you're going to give up a point or two. Yeah. But yeah, it's hovered in that area. Yeah. Uh, if I had to say that if there was going to be a... Well, A, Chris Jones is absolutely a difference maker. There's no question about it. And the Cincinnati's offensive line has actually performed admirably with the injuries they have had as of late. So you have to control him. You cannot let him get to Burrow. And even Frank Clark in this time of year has I think he's proven himself to be quite a postseason performer in, in Kansas City um that's going to be huge but you know who who's going to get more of attraction going between Joe Mixon and Isaiah Pacheco as well like who who can really specifically the Chiefs if like no matter what they say about Mahomes I have a hard time believing he's going to be 100 percent for that game I just can't see it so that I, I believe they got to get some sort of support in the running game. And Pacheco, he runs hard, man. He looks good. And, and I think the thing with Kansas City that might make a difference in this game, you would have to think, one, with – they are this way anyway. But, two, with Mahomes' injury, that there probably will be a little bit more of an effort to run the ball right. uh, than, than, than they normally do. And certainly more of an effort to run the ball than the Bills do. Sure. And yeah. it's the it's the biggest downfall of the Bills. You know, the the I will give Cincinnati credit for this. They went on the road in that Buffalo game is gross, tough road game, and with an offensive line that was very, very makeshift, ran the ball down their throats. Like, yeah. It was impressive the way that they did that. Uh, and I Buffalo's not or excuse me, Kansas City is not gonna give Cincinnati the the option to to never run the ball. The way Buffalo kind of does, like they just straight up don't even try. Kansas City's not going to do that, and that will make a little bit of a difference for sure. And, and look, man, Andy Reid is one of the greatest offensive minds to come through the NFL. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, of course, has done a phenomenal job in, in Kansas City. And what you're what you're touching on is the ability to recognize your strengths and game plan properly and and they're as good at it as i think they're the best they've set the standard over the past couple of years and it's gonna be a hell of a game it should be two great games honestly i think philly san francisco is going to be awesome uh i I would 
probably go with Philly uh, just because, A, I think Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal this season. If, if Patrick Mahomes was not in the picture, I think I'd probably give MVP to Hurts. Even missing a couple games at the end of the year, he's just he's been really really good. They've built a roster that is both rosters actually between Philly and San Francisco just have such few holes, if any, yep. really. Um, you repeat the same point again about Brock Purdy. It's like, can you? Well, okay, you did it. You did it then. Can you do it again? Can you do it again? Can you? Do it again? Can you do it again? I'm, it's what I come to here. It's it's hard to avoid that. Like I, I the kid has been. He's done exactly what he's needed to do. In each situation, and uh, both games have the potential to be classics for championship games. Let's get Carl in here. Carl, welcome into the drive. I think what's up, bud? Yeah, Philly, Carl. Baby. Hey, hey, buddy, how are you? All right, my first of all, the Eagles gonna win the Super Bowl just like we did at seventeen. <laughs> but it, it, it's not a, it's not a Mahomes Burrow battle, man. I think people was I, 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 don't, I think people might not have seen paid attention to the last three games. It's not that. It's not Mahomes. It's that Cincinnati has found a way to just pick apart that Kansas City defense. And then you know Andy Reid coached Philly for many years. He was never a defensive genius. And Cincinnati, when you watch the when you watch the last two games, even the last three, they're just picking apart the D. It ain't got nothing really to do with Mahomes. Mahomes is not going to play defense. They they have to figure out a way not to let Chase come across the middle. He Tegan's come across the middle, throwing the ball to uh, Mixon, and that's they, that's how they actually been beating Kansas City. They've been picking apart that defense. All right, listen, I, and they did this the exact same thing to Buffalo. Oh, Carl, thank you so much, Philly Carl. It's good to hear from you, buddy. It's been a while. Good to hear from you. Thank you. And and every by the way, Philadelphia fans have every right in the world to be confident in that group. They yeah, are. No, for sure. They are. It's funny. You, I think you get a matchup in the AFC of two quarterbacks where it's almost like, well, as long as we got our quarterback and and one receiver for Kansas City, it's Kelsey. You know, for for Cincinnati, it's Chase. Uh, I'll like our chances against anybody. And, and in the NFC, it's. Here are two situations where you might be able to literally put anyone at quarterback, and they'll win because the defenses are so nasty and the offensive brains and personnel around the quarterbacks are so good that Hurts is relatively unproven, but has had a great year. And then you have, obviously, the 49ers, like the third quarterback, uh, who is a rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, and they're they're both steamrolling through the playoffs. Yeah. no, And the, the point that... Carl made that absolutely is a good one, and I I would agree with him on this. Is that, and we have already said it that Cincinnati's defense I think is better than Kansas City's, and and Lou Anarumo I think has done a really phenomenal job. I'm kind of surprised he didn't get some head coaching looks. This I thought off he was season. interviewing for a was few. he? Is he? I he at least well, interviewed some of the some. active coaches. No, the active coaches aren't allowed to do anything until the thirtieth. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, no, he's. I think if Cincinnati's going to win this game, it will ultimately, yes, Burrow can can pick apart Kansas City's defense. I think we know that. Um, it's not even necessarily stopping Kansas City's offense. It's it's really when you play quarterbacks that are that good, it's taking your small victories more than anything else. Can you force a field goal instead of a touchdown on a drive or two? Literally, that's the difference between winning and losing a lot of the time. Um, can you create consistent pressure on the quarterback? Can you confuse Mahomes and take away Kelsey? That's got to be number one for anybody who plays them. Like long enough to just confuse him a little bit. Take one read like a couple seconds longer 
than, than he normally would. Um, and Luan has, has proven he can do that. And it'll be huge uh, again this week. It should be a great chess match. Yeah, I think when it comes to Mahomes, it's about a pass rushing under control. And the Bengals did that to him in the playoff game last year. Where yeah. it was, you, they don't let him. Because I think where Mahomes' mobility, he's you know he can run. Like don't get me wrong, but it's the way that he strings plays along, keeps them alive, yeah. and, and like a very good first wave pass rush doesn't get him. He keeps the play alive, and he throws 17 yards across the spine downfield to somebody who shouldn't be open, but they are because he's escapable. Yep. He'll be limited a little bit, uh, but last year I thought the Bengals got to him over and over again and kept him just sort of generally hemmed in. Uh, and then didn't make any mistakes of their own. It, it both games I think will probably be something uh, like that. I wanted to to quickly ask you, Tyler, just to unfortunately to, to turn back to basketball for just a minute. <laughs> uh, your the degree to which you are surprised, if at all, that Okorafor did not play at all uh, last night after adding him, after talking about him at at a press conference in which you mentioned that he has brought a new energy to practice and and that sort of thing your level of surprise that he did not play at all uh i'm not very surprised just because i feel like it kind of would have been a little unfair to, to him he he just got here he just got into practices and i understand it, it shows some energy and all of this but it's got to take some time to be able to to fully adjust and make sure you know one thing Kenny's repeatedly pointed out getting him comfortable and that doesn't just mean on the court either I mean you're talking about a young man who literally is coming from another continent right over here and that takes a lot to to get through and make sure mentally you're all right and you're feeling good about things and and the the praise from Kenny as well you know it sounds like a guy that Louisville absolutely needs right now like if you're talking about a guy who's going to make a, a big time effort, at least honestly, Mark, if you told me Emmanuel Corfor was coming in and said this guy is an absolutely relentless rebounder, man, that's an instant improvement over what's been happening all year. Some guy, I mean, literally, whose main job is to go out there and say, you know what, that ball, get it, make sure we get it. I don't know how, but do it. Then, yeah, that's a big improvement. Um, now, does it become interesting, like? the clock that ticks on his debut this year if it happens yeah as we get a little deeper into this i think it should i mean maybe people thought that that was a possibility because there was a about a week in between the boston there was a week between the boston college and the pick games you know now you're getting back into the groove of things notre dame saturday georgia tech's wednesday do you? I'll pose it to you. Do you think it would be fair to get him in there for Georgia Tech next week on February first, or do you want to see him against Notre Dame? I want to see him against Boston College last night. You did? Okay. <laughs> I, really? Yeah. Okay. No, I I I wanted him to play. Uh, I wanted him to start because <laughs> what I'm dead serious, Tyler. I'm. This is not a bit. I want okay. him to start because if you stand out there at a press conference and say he practices so hard and yells so loud that some of our players think his work ethic is kind of funny, then I wanted him to rub their noses in it fully. You know, if, if you have a coach that, that is of a 2-19 and 19 team that is one of the – measurably one of the worst Power 5 teams ever, and he sits out at a – a press conference that says this dude that we just imported literally from another continent, like you said, uh, has improved our practices. 
I would have felt like I would have enjoyed, even if he looked lost, I would have enjoyed the message that got sent that if a guy can make an impact on that in practice, that's who I want to play. Because the opposite is what is very demoralizing, to I think, to a lot of people. If I see a guy play over and over and over again who commits multiple turnovers and plays 30-plus-ish minutes or whatever, and and then there are guys that you signed that aren't playing, like, what do those guys do that they can't even play? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how? Well, what is – but if you want to praise this guy for how practice goes – I would have enjoyed the object lesson of of just rewarding your own descriptions of, of good behavior and, and hard work and effort and practice and all that. I would have liked, I would have preferred that because it would have showed me we're trying everything. But there's no stone that we are not willing to unturn here to try to get this thing to be better than it is right now. I would have liked it. So I recognize that. I understand it. You sound like we're in therapy. I, I know. hear what you're saying. I know. I know. I'm here for you. This is what I'm here for. Catch the ball. Right. <laughs> I think that I am not suggesting that the praise that Kenny laid on uh, this young man is was unauthentic in any way. I, I absolutely believe that he means all of it. But as I'll put on the reporter cap here. When you're two and seventeen, you need something to change some conversation and to talk about in a positive light when there's not much else to talk about in a positive yeah. light. Yeah. So it would not surprise or shock me in any way if you know if there's a meeting of minds between news conference, like, hey, let's let's you know, let's literally not between Kenny and whoever else on the staff department or whatever, where it's like, hey, like we need we need to hype up Manuel here. Like let's let's get some let's get some attention on this, and not maybe what's happening on the court here, um, and, and that's you know that's that's how it goes. It's going to happen. And, and frankly, from from a media perspective, like you know we have talked at length about all of the problems this year repeatedly. I think we've asked Kenny about all of the issues at hand in in a various you know in various ways. Uh, so if you go back and watch that news conference and listen to it or whatever, like there are a lot of questions about Emmanuel because it is something new and it is an unknown. You know, it's interesting in that. Um, so like I, I can get, I, I absolutely think the praise is, is authentic and he, and he means it. But also I, I think it can be used to be like, all right, let's, let's, you know, let's get the attention off some of the heat here for a little bit, which in turn leads to some expectations of like, all right, well, get him out there on the court as soon as possible. And uh, I, you know, from my point of view, I was just like, I never viewed that as like terribly realistic uh, when the kid just got here and every, you know, specifically when you got to come from another continent and get used to it here. You know, it's, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. But if he's adjusted enough to go to practice and, practice the way it's being described to us i would have been eager if i'm kenny to show people that you know he's i'm of the opinion that it is not a guarantee that he's back after this year that it has gone so poorly that it's i think it would be very wise of kenny to start banking some things that we can project off into the future that that make you want to keep this thing going 
And him being out there, it might not have been, but you're no worse off if he goes out there and he doesn't look good. He'll just look like kind of the guys that are playing already. I mean, if he, if he goes I'm out with there you on like, that part of it, yeah. If he goes out there and he doesn't play particularly well, is he all that different than Roosevelt Wheeler? No, no, definitely not. No. I mean, no. I, I, the most encouraging thing I saw last night, uh, outside of the shooting, which again I don't want to be dismissive of actual positives, they shot the ball well, and that's great. They've got to do it in game after game for it to be a thing that you give them credit for as like an emerging characteristic but they did shoot the ball well in that game but then l ellis is like chewing out roosevelt wheeler as they're walking off the floor and i was like good good oh but then i, roosevelt I wheeler, noticed not the too, least yeah. bit interested in what he had to say and here's roosevelt wheeler he played eight minutes no hunley hatfield roosevelt wheeler played eight minutes shot a three blocked a shot that's roosevelt wheeler but it's indicative of the point we were talking about earlier though like I watched Roosevelt Wheeler last year and thought he had some promise. Like I thought he was a was a good rebounder. He was coming in, giving some good minutes, uh, energy wise, like off the bench, and thought he was somebody who would, again, as a young big man, like benefit from Kenny Payne. And that is not he hasn't even really had a game this year where you were like, all right, there, you know, Rose seems like he's picking it up this game. Like it just hasn't happened at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, at this point, again, when, when you have seen the same results over and over and over all year, you just you want something new. And I totally understand that. Uh, we're getting to a point where, and it, this is hard to say, harder to say, I should, should point out, after Jalen Withers drops, you know, he had 16 and 7, had a solid game. Uh, Curry didn't rebound well last night, showed a few flashes, but, like, People want to see, as one of our callers said earlier, I believe it was Tim, some of the Kenny guys play more to see what this team is going to be working with next year if everybody's here. You know, we've talked at length about the the Devin Rees and the Fabio Basilis, and and now we're getting Emmanuel into that mix. And Kamari Lands has played quite a bit. He's not not a Kenny guy per se. Per se, right. I can't remember. Did Kamari commit when, when... no, he was a Chris Mack commit. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. Just uh, So not from that standpoint, but a freshman who all he knows is college basketball is playing for Kenny Payne in that way. Uh, that's what people would like to start seeing. If, if this is all about the future and the culture and, and instilling all of that, then you got to show people some promise from some of the pieces you already have to get people excited about what you're going to go after in the portal. Eighty-one fifty-ninety-three-nine. That's uh, the number if you want to get in here. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three-nine. If you want to hit us up on the UPS jobs text line. Texture says if he had played him last night and he was bad, you know that you would have crushed KP and the staff. Negative Nelly. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, it would have, have been played, totally unreasonable to crush the kid if he would have played last night. Right. That just would have been ridiculous. If you are. Uh, utterly like in the tank for Kenny, that's fine. But you, the only thing that you, you you are left with is trying to make every single other person the problem, and it's a it's a fool's errand. And you look silly when you say things like that. We, it's just it, it's an we are not the problem. Anyone on the outside is not the problem. Sorry, no one is making this team outside of the team be what they are. 
it's the people on the team and it's the people in charge of the team that are responsible for why they look and sound and act like the way that they are. No one is being unreasonable for not liking this. Sorry. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk with our guy, Fat Jack. We haven't talked with Fat Jack uh, this week. We will do that on the other side here on the drive on the boat. Metro College is a program that helps students pay for tuition. And I didn't believe it. You have to work third shift five days a week. It's a great and rewarding thing when you graduate. I would do it all over again, just like I just did. You know those buddies who magically become medical professionals when you're not at the top of your game? The ones who say, come on, muscle through it. But then also say, hey, you should probably see my specialist. Or surgery or pain meds. It's almost always false, false, and false. Athletico's physical therapists, the same therapists who work with professional athletes, can tackle those little aches and pains from the start before they become big ones. So next time, don't believe everything you hear. Instead, start with Athletico. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. You're listening to The Drive. Presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Tyler Griever. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Tyler Griever, one of our favorite guys to talk to anytime we can. Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. Jack, this is uh, the best time of the year for for the nfl man i cannot wait for these two games this weekend but let's start where we always do let's uh, let's get an update let's get a status check how'd we do last week yeah three and one in the games plus an added teaser four and one now on a 13 and one run if you go back to the ncaa football national championship game uh if you go back a week before that one a 21 and three run in football uh you're like well what about your basketball jack basketball was four and one on saturday Two and zero on Sunday, one and zero on Monday. We're on a nine and four run in basketball uh, since last weekend. We've won five weekends in a row. If you look Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, five weekends in a row up in that sport as well. Everybody's making money, guys. I mean, ninety nine bucks will get you the games this weekend, or if you get the season package right now, you get these games for free uh, because you'll be paying a lot more if you wait until uh, even after the Super Bowl to get signed up for the new year, and a whole lot more if you wait till August for the new year. So, FatJackSports.com if you want winning plays. Text your cell phone, email to you, including uh, the middle, what I think is the middle. We're going to run this on out, it looks like, but middle of a 13-1 run going back uh, just about 10 days ago. So excited about this weekend. Jack, let's uh, start with some, I guess, advice or wisdom you have for folks navigating a, a very prominent uh, vital injury situation. I mean, we're talking quarterbacks, big deal. Pat Mahomes, bigger deal than your average quarterback. Uh, we saw what he looked like last week. He's he's feigning uh, you know, health and healthy enough to play, and, and we will see by Sunday. But generally speaking, first before we dig into this one, like what do you what do you do? What do you advise people to do when it when you're very much up in the air because of an injury that's this important, like Mahomes? Yeah, that's the problem. Is that. It's not just a regular season game. Uh, typically, you would wait, see if he's going to play or not. If he doesn't play, you would wait for the line to move and then play that team in the NFL because there's an overreaction to injuries, even at the quarterback position, if it was even Mahomes, in a regular season game. The problem becomes is we know, for all extent and purposes, he's going to play. 
I mean, it's not like he can't play. He's going to play. Now, yeah. how, how effective is he going to be is the problem. We've seen this line jump the fence a number of times already. Started out Kansas City, a small favorite, immediately jumped over as we were getting reports that Mahomes was, was trying to play, but we didn't know. It got up as high as two and a half to Cincinnati. And now that we've saw, seen uh, the homes at practice, it's moving back. So this is a really unique situation. I would tell people this. Mahomes is going to play. And if he plays, I would expect him to be 65% of what he normally is. The bigger question, the problem here, is is that enough against the Bengals team who has had their number in big games in Arrowhead? And so it's not just the first time they played in the playoffs. It's not the first time they've done anything against this Bengals team that's won three straight against them. So it is by far the hardest game to predict this weekend. And it is because of exactly that, because you just don't know where Mahomes is going to be. I will tell you this. There's some recency bias. Uh, you're getting some value, and you never say this with the Chiefs. They're one of the worst against the spread teams in the entire league. They were way under, I think, five to 12 and one this year against the spread. Not, there's no value playing the homes, playing the Chiefs. They're just too good, and everybody knows that. And, and everybody who's a new novice player likes playing high-powered offenses that are good at home with coaches that have good trends against divisional opponents, all those things. And so you've lost money playing the Chiefs this year. But this week in particular, Cincinnati looked incredibly strong last week against Buffalo. So that recency bias and the fact they've owned three straight has almost created some value for this Chiefs team along with the injury uh, at, uh, at his ankle. So uh, it is a, a very interesting game to try to p- figure out who's going to win. It, Jack, I feel like you could you could make the very you could go ahead and finish the very argument you you kind of were making there. Like if I was a Cincinnati a better, even if Mahomes was totally healthy, like there would still be a, a fairly reasonable argument to like Kansas or uh, Cincinnati a lot in this game, right? That's not just recency bias. Like there's there's good reasons yeah, how, to, to how like much, it in this game too, how many right? Times, yeah, how many times are we going to be hit in the head by the same hammer? I mean, people yeah. been uh, we've seen this matchup. And people who love Kansas City have been playing Kansas City in the casinos and said, thank you very much, may I have another? And so I, I'll tell you this, Zach Taylor and I went to the same high school together, and apparently while I was not learning French from Monster Williams, Zach Taylor was in some class teaching him how to get his team to peak at the right time yeah. during the playoffs and beat a team that nobody else could consistently beat. Um, I, I, I was not in his classes, apparently, because he's a lot younger than me for one. But, um, but yeah, the dude, is he's figured it out. He's figured out not only how to beat the Chiefs, but more importantly, be good and hot at the right time. This team was 0-2, and they're 12-2 and cents. And so they have absolutely, they're doing exactly what you have to do. History shows you that it's not necessarily about being even the best team each year in the NFL. It's about being the hottest team in the NFL each year. And you're right. I mean, if you look at, at what's happened, when was the last time? I mean, when was the last time the Chiefs beat Cincinnati in a meaningful game? I mean, that's the only team you can say it about. So people who think they know exactly, if you hear anybody come on this air, these airways, and say, this is 100% going to happen. It's the lock of the century. I know blah, blah, blah. All those things that these idiots say, you immediately should understand this guy knows nothing and he's a criminal. Because this game, I don't care. Unless this is coming from a guy that's 13-1. And I've had one loss since the NCAA National Championship game. I, there's nobody hotter than I am. And I'll be the first to tell you that this is a very difficult game to pick because Cincinnati's owned them. They've got the secret sauce. They Even with the backup linemen, they went up and beat Buffalo, running the football first, staying ahead of the chains. And this 3-4 defense that Kansas City runs is not typically great against the run. 
Now, they do have mm. better interior line, defensive linemen than Buffalo does, and we're not going to be playing at six yeah. inches of snow. So those are both very, very important stats because that, that defensive tackle uh, – if you can stop the run with Cincinnati, you have a very good chance to beat them, but that's a huge if. And this time of year, it's been something that very few teams have figured out how to do except the Los Angeles Rams. So very, very difficult game to predict. It seems to me like, uh, Jack, and I just, I don't know, I, I should learn to either stay away or just make more peace with uh, rooting or betting unders. But in a game, you're on the road. You just saw how well Cincinnati ran the ball against Buffalo in that game. Uh, you would have to think Cincinnati or the, the Chiefs will at least in some way try to run the ball a little bit more because of Mahomes. It feels like this game kind of screams under. Where am I uh, wrong there? Yeah, I, well, I've been killing the unders lately, and I've been killing the under. And I do this TV show that runs around the country called uh, Beat the Odds, and uh, I've hit seven of my last eight top plays. We give away a top play every week, and I think three of those have been exactly what you're saying. The Chiefs under the total. When the Chiefs play an average to below average defense, they have gone under the total almost every time this year. They've been going over the total when they play good defenses. Denver twice, uh, San Francisco, uh, the Raiders are the only outlier to that. We talked about the total last week that I liked under the total, and it ended up hitting easily. Um, and, and because of exactly what you said, both these teams are going to see it as imperative to run the ball. Cincinnati, because they need to stay ahead of the chains and keep it out of predicting passing downs, and um, Kansas City, because they cannot have Mahomes just playing backyard, backlot football and dropping back and running around with that ankle. We don't talk about the idea that if he gets hit on that thing one time, he was never had a high, a upper, a high ankle sprain, it, even if he gets back 80% or 80, 75%, if he gets hit one time on that ankle, it immediately is going to 50%. And it's not a very big leap to put him back on the sidelines, even if he does everything right between now and then. So the one thing that they are going to do as long as they can is try to keep him out of harm's way, which is running the ball, getting the ball out of his hands early, not a lot of deeper routes. All those things are going to lead yourself to a lower score. So you're on the right track there. Under the total is definitely the better play in the game, in my opinion. Jack, in the NFC, 49ers-Eagles, I'd make the argument these are – the two best rosters in football honestly I, I don't see very many holes with with either team the big question mark again becomes Brock Purdy but he's played so well recently that it's becoming less of a question mark uh Philly's a two and a half point favorite how do you approach this one I'm still I'm still trying to figure out if it is less a question mark I mean yeah I talked last week that if Dallas goes out there and throws interceptions that they were going to lose and that's exactly what they did before that, Brock Purdy's been playing against inferior competitions. This team hasn't been an underdog since like week six, since October. I mean, they've been a favorite in every single game. They just, you're exactly right, their roster top to bottom outside the quarterback position is probably the best in the league. They're number one or number two in total defense, but guess who else is there? Philadelphia number two in total defense. So uh, offense, they're both in top five scoring offenses. This, these two teams very evenly matched. You just, the question is how big a, a part is the backup quarterback going to play? Um, it, 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 he's had four snaps this year being down 14 points or being down two scores. So he's been in ahead the entire time. Now, will that continue? You, you feel like as the funnel gets smaller, if he has weaknesses, they'll be exploited more because they're going to just naturally make some mistakes. And if they don't, the other team, Philadelphia, namely, or whoever they would play in the Super Bowl, would execute. My daughter called me today and said, Daddy, are the 69ers going to make it to the Super Bowl? <laughs> and I said, 
I said, she's 20, by the way. Good luck with her. And I said, no, there's 0% chance the 69ers make it to the Super Bowl, honey. Um, and I, I would I would say that, you know, I gave away when I when I came on here before the season, I gave her by Philadelphia 25 to 1. So I'm not backing off that now. I gave him Arizona and I gave him Philadelphia 1 at 23 to 1, 1 at 25 to 1. All my clients got Philadelphia 25 to 1. I have $2,000 on Philadelphia, <coughs> excuse me, at 25 to 1. So I, I, I think Philadelphia is the better team. I think they are getting a backup quarterback, and I think if they win, we're going to look back at some point and say, you know, Brock Purdy might be a great player by the time he's all said and done, but he's six or seven starts into his career, and he really got the better end of everything in those six or seven starts that he won. First time they've gone on the road against a tough opponent, or the best, the, the, the team with the bye. I mean, all these things, this is a huge step up in class, especially – if um, Philadelphia doesn't throw interceptions or turn the ball over or you know do things you just can't do this time of year in the playoffs. So I'm with Philly in the game. I think they win here. And frankly, I think they win the Super Bowl, and I'm going to cash 50K, um, which is becoming a habit. I had the Rams two years ago when I came through Louisville, and uh, you guys were in your new studio, and I gave everybody the oh, Rams yeah. in. So I think that you know that's probably going to happen. But listen, it's hard to argue with what San Francisco is, to your point, outside the quarterback position. I Also, you know, I said some pointed out to me today that it's amazing how Christian McCaffrey is healthy now that he's with a good team. This dude never played two games straight <laughs> in Carolina. Now, oh, well, he's signing him up. He's 100% every day. I mean, it's amazing how that just automatically happens. He's getting the same hits, but isn't really feeling that pain there as much. We're talking with our guy, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. Uh, Jack, uh, are you a believer at all uh, – do you let it influence what you do or what you advise folks at all in coaches, specific coaches, like just being better at this time of year than others? Because I would think this would be kind of an interesting test case. No one's more experienced at this outside of Belichick than, than Andy Reid. Uh, Zach Joe's got some experience. And then you've got uh, Sirianna, who is as green as, as you could ever be in kind of the position that he's in. I'm kind of curious what, how you let, if at all, coach reputations and their histories uh, impact w- your, your action and your decisions on these bets on these championship games? Well, they're, they're so evenly matched that it does matter a little bit, but you know, Philly's coach is literally the honey badger. This dude doesn't care. He's yeah. perfect for that team, and it doesn't matter if he's playing in the Super Bowl or if it's a preseason game. This guy's going to go out and try to fight somebody and he's he just getting after people. So I think almost his ignorance is, it works to his advantage. I don't think he'll change anything. Where a lot of coaches, when they get to this point in the year, they start tightening things up. Game plans become more conservative. They kind of overthink it. And we've seen that a number of times that it's gotten these coaches in trouble. And to your point, the experience that they gain by being in this situation really helps it going forward. The other three coaches, I, you know, you can throw a, throw a hat, hat over them. They're all very experienced. They all know how to get it done this time of year, um, at least on some level. And I don't know that, that the difference in the coaches is enough to sway you one way or the other. It's going to be more about what takes on a place on the field, and more importantly, the amount of mistakes that are made. It sounds like coach speak, but this time of year, it really is. Whoever makes the fewest mistakes are most likely going to win. Very hard to predict. So you go into this understanding that if a team, and this is why you need to be thirteen to one heading into this week, or twenty-one and three, is because if if any of these teams, especially the road teams, go on the road and turn the ball over even two times, but definitely three, which happens a lot, they're not going to win. 
And the home team, it's probably, if they need to at least be even or minus one at the very most on the turnover ratio, or they're going to lose. So we're dealing with the best of the best here. Um, It's just who makes the fewest mistakes. Coaching, they can help with that a little bit, certainly play calling and different things. But uh, honestly, there's not a lot of difference in the coaches, as there aren't a lot of the teams. Well, sorry, Mark. Uh, Jack, we always ask you about the, the the team odds or whatever. In terms of like a, a prop or an individual bet with these games, I think people get even more into them once the stage gets a little bigger. Is there anybody in particular that you really like, either under the radar or plenty of stars to pick from in these two games to to throw some money on? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send out three or four player props for this weekend. I mean, I, I don't know how you can go wrong with uh, Kansas City's tight end. He's just such a big part yeah. of what they do. Yeah, I went over six and a half catches this last week, and he was over there. I literally I don't know where out of the first quarter he went over the total. So he had I, I want to say ten or twelve. He set a record, but he was literally over it, the, and they weren't down the field. You know, there was little slip screen things in the middle. He's actually covered, you know, he, he, he runs different routes and becomes the absolute safety blanket almost every time. So anytime something breaks down, Mahomes goes to him 100% of the time. So you're getting more catches than he would be scheduled to make simply based on the tendencies of the quarterback. Now, if Henny comes in the game and Mahomes can't play, all bets are off. But you can't go wrong with him for sure. Um, everything else, I would lean toward the under with some of these other quarterback yards. Um, you just, you typically, especially when you've got the motivation to run the ball more consistently and effectively uh, in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game. I would go under in total yards with both quarterbacks, having nothing to do with the fact that um, that Mahomes might not finish the game. He gets hit on the ankle one time, either in trouble. Um, I would go under with both their passing yards. Uh, the other game in particular, I, I, honestly, you can find long shots up and down the board, but McCaffrey's always a good number. But I would say Philly will do a good job at limiting him, so I might look under there. And, again, all these all these best bet props, we, we're going to win money with these for sure. And then next week for the, when we start getting our Super Bowl props together, those prop bets for the Super Bowl have made money every single year for the last decade, every year. They've made money, and they're averaging about five units of profit a year. So, hundred dollar player plays a hundred dollars on all of them, puts five hundred dollars extra in their pocket. We don't charge for those prop bets; they're sent out for free, along with the predictive final score and the uh, best bets for the game. So, there are there is some easy money this time here with the explosion of sports gambling and all the different ways that you can bet, um, but. You know, it gets a little bit. I think it's a lot easier when you get those seven, eight, ten pages of prop bets that we have leading up to the Super Bowl. There's just some layups in there that the sportsbook put out in a haste to get numbers out there for people to be able to get volume of bets on these games. Uh, there's some ease, there's some layups there, and we're going to take advantage of those as well. Jack, let's uh, do this again next week, man. Look forward to talking to you about uh, the Super Bowl after these uh, this week Absolutely. set of games. Absolutely. That's 99 bucks for every, all the football. Text your cell phone email to you. be three sides for sure, or three plays for sure, uh, futures, bets, all those type of things. And then also 169 gives you football and hoops through Monday. Everything is winning. Don't miss out at FatJackSports.com. Jack, we'll talk to you again next week, buddy. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. All right. FatJack, FatJackSports.com, as always. He, that he makes me laugh out loud. Oh yeah, unexpectedly at least once every week. He he was passionate about knowing exactly what's going to happen between Cincinnati and Kansas City. If we, he said, if any, <laughs> he called someone a criminal if they <laughs> if they acted like they knew what was going to happen. That was funny. I, I did not expect the the aggressiveness 
to come out there, but he was quite energetic about that. Spencer, do we have, is Lance, do we have Lance now, or was that old and I missed it? All right, if Lance wants to try to squeeze in here right after Fat Jack, let's do that. Yeah, Lance, thanks on. for waiting as long as you did, buddy. Welcome to the drive. What's up? Hey, no problem, guys. You know, something that's uh, that's come from this that is just such a negative thing, and I, you know, I know you guys. I can't imagine what your social media feeds look like, but you know, the the pro pro Kenny people. I mean, this thing's gotten kind of ugly, right? It, it it hasn't gone from hey, these are this is my case, or why would you keep them, or whatever. I mean, it's it's gotten just like. You know, the fan base has never been more divided. And I think a ton of that is because, you know, when you have a coach talking about real fans and this, that just kind of sets a narrative. You know, it's just not a really, hey, look, we're, we're all in this. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll figure this thing out kind of deal. It's just it's just become ugly, right? And that and that kind of leads into to the, the second part of, you know, we – we really people talk about it's been five years whatever the problems but it really hasn't right last year this time of year people weren't talking a ton about the tournament for UVL fans but the year before everybody thought they're going to make the tournament right the year before COVID and the year before they made the tournament so you know this is pretty new and to see the speed of which you know people are giving you the hey if you talk about it you have to be positive and if you talk about it negative you know, I don't want to hear it. I mean, it's almost February in Kentuckyana. It's what people talk about. And if it's about the truth of what's going on with U of L, there's really nothing else to talk about right now with U of L sports. And so, you know, I'm sure everything I've said, you guys are getting times a hundred. And it's just, it's just an ugly, ugly look, man. Something I wish, wish you didn't have to deal with. Appreciate uh, the call there, Lance. Thank you. It's, uh, very, uh, very well said, quite frankly. Uh, I, look, there's there's no question. There's pretty heavy divisions, uh, um, but I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's equal parties, uh, you know, in terms of numbers or anything. And I, unfortunately, Tyler, and I don't. I know you agree with me on this. Like, there are sometimes these debates about what we're going to do about or what they ought to do with or about Kenny or whatever are really proxy arguments for other things. And yeah. it's super, it's it's unhealthy, it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate. And I don't want to, I never want to be dismissive of any of those things because I think they really matter uh, to a lot of people. And I think that there are people on both sides who want Kenny to win or lose for reasons that have nothing to do with basketball. And I, that part, I think, clouds all of our discussions uh, about how he's performed uh, so far. But we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll open up the phones uh, and react to that. And a commitment uh, for Louisville basketball for next year and maybe what that means uh, or doesn't mean. So we'll do all that and more here on The Drive on Athenville. Be right back. <laughs> 